Welcome to the Knowing Jesus Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Bachman, and I am a licensed professional counselor. On the show, we read and unpack the Bible together with the goal of knowing Jesus better. Go figure. All right, I'm excited to pick up from yesterday. We stopped somewhat in the middle of the story. Cliffhanger, <laughs> sorry about that. So we will be reading uh, verse, uh, sorry, John chapter 4, verses 27 through 42. Just then, his disciples returned and were surprised to find him talking with a woman. But no one asked, what do you want? Or why are you talking with her? Then, leaving her water jar, the woman went back to the town and said to the people, Come, see, a man who told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Messiah? They came out of the town and made their way toward him. Meanwhile, his disciples urged him, Rabbi, eat something. But he said to them, I have food to eat that you know nothing about. Then his disciples said to each other, Could someone have brought him food? My food, said Jesus, is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Don't you have a saying? It's still four months until harvest. I tell you, open your eyes and look at the fields. They are ripe for harvest. Even now, the one who reaps draws a wage and harvests a crop for eternal life, so that the sower and the reaper may be glad together. Thus the saying, one sows and another reaps is true. I sent you to reap what you have not worked for. Others have done the hard work and you have reaped the benefits of their labor. Many of the Samaritans from the town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me everything I ever did. So when the Samaritans came to him, they urged him to stay with them. And he stayed two days. And because of his words, many more became believers. They said to the woman, We no longer believe just because of what you said. Now we have heard for ourselves and we know that this man really is the savior of the world. <laughs> That's so awesome. As per usual, there's so much to unpack in such a short amount of time and space in these verses. First, we see the woman leaving her water jar. After all of that hard work, she doesn't even care about the water anymore. She leaves it, sets it down, goes back to the town, and has to tell people, come and see the man who told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Messiah? People make their way towards Jesus. It's beautiful to see how an encounter with Jesus should go. My heart hurts so much for how hateful, how pressuring, how mean and manipulative Christians or so-called Christians can be as they pressure, manipulate, and harm people, quote-unquote, to come to Jesus. Jesus was kind. Jesus was giving. He was patient. He wasn't shaming. He doesn't threaten hell. He has a meaningful human-to-human -human conversation with this woman, and in a short time, she sees how valuable he is. There are no threats. There's no harm. They don't even directly talk about sin, which is fascinating and I find difficult for myself. But as I think about my story, which I will go into in some episode, that's also not how I encountered Jesus. Yes, I met him in his love. He changed me. I followed him. And then he did some heart surgery and continues to do heart surgery in my life. But the focus is on relationship. 
The focus is on meeting him and he's so attractive. We were willing to drop everything else in this world and tell other people about him. Moving on, there's this interesting interchange exchange between Jesus and his disciples. The disciples are trying to be kind. Rabbi, eat something and we got you food. That's why we left you, remember? (laughs) But then Jesus says something surprising. He says, I have food to eat that you don't know anything about. There are two significant things happening in this statement. One, it's a reminder of the power of serving God can actually sustain our souls and we're missing a great deal for our mental health, emotional health, all of the things. If we aren't serving God and part of his mission, our life is out of balance and we will be as if we are hungry and thirsty and missing out. Serving God is sustaining and sustenance, as well as fellowshipping with him. Relationship with God and serving him are sustenance for our souls. When we connect with him, it fills us up, it shapes us, it makes us the human beings we were meant to be in relationship with God. And out of that comes an outflow of wanting to serve other people. So that's part one, that Jesus's food was doing the will of Father and being in connection with him. Part two is equally important for human beings who tend to struggle with balance. I know for myself and many others that the idea of serving God on one sense is beautiful and good, but then we can do it at the neglect of ourselves, our friends, our neighborhoods, ironically, and our families. Now, what in the world could I mean by that? Well, as human beings who can find our identity in serving God and doing mission, we can often then fail to rest, take breaks, and connect with our life source. It's so easy to get caught up in the to-do lists and even for good reasons and motivations to help other people. This reminds me of a friend in college who in conversation talked about her family and how they were missionaries. And she left the faith because her family was so focused on everyone else and she felt, and it sounded like from her story, it was pretty legit, that her family neglected the home front. They neglected the very human beings they brought into this world, which is really sad. And as an understandable side point, she and maybe some of her siblings left the faith because they felt like they didn't matter. All the lost souls were the important ones instead of actually their family. So we can neglect our families, but we can also neglect ourselves. I've had many clients who sound like from their stories that they are the prized person in so many people's lives because they will never say no, and they long to help people, and some of that is a great strength, it's genuine, and it's beautiful, but it comes at the cost of their own mental health. They're crabby, they get angry, they outburst in their home, because they aren't saying no, they aren't having boundaries, they don't rest, they don't take care of themselves. And whether it's because of identity, that they have to do all these things, or partly because they find delight in saying yes to people and helping people, it's probably both. But when life gets out of whack, we have to do something differently. Jesus tucked himself away. He said no to people sometimes. So although he says that in this passage, his food is to do the will of the Father, we have to balance that with the other passages where he says no to people, he doesn't heal everybody, he has boundaries, and he connects with the Father and even with his disciples. Again, you can see the tension, right? 
We can be self-obsessed with our family and forget our neighbor. We can be obsessed with our neighbor and forget our family. We could be obsessed with either and forget ourselves, thus harming both our family, ourselves, and our neighbor. The Christian is invited into a challenging life of tension. Tension making sure that one, we don't neglect those closest to us, but then we don't become so self-focused in our little worlds, our little kingdom, and our family that we forget those across the street and those in the community as a whole. Getting back to the verses, uh, 34 through 38, a good summary on them is that Jesus is talking about the harvest. He's talking metaphorically, of course, that he is here. There's a great harvest to be found, as we're about to see in just a couple verses. The Samaritans are going to come out, and so many of them believe the harvest is ready, the crop is, is ripe, and he's reminding the disciples, and I would argue that everyone throughout the rest of history as well, to be humble. That if you have the privilege of getting to walk with someone through a faith in Jesus Christ, they make that decision, they become a brother or sister in Christ, to be humbled that so many have gone before us, whether in prayer and labor and sharing and being kind, we may get to have the benefits of others' labor and to thank God and to glorify God and remember our fellow family members who are working for us. Jesus is also likely speaking of John the Baptist, who has been set ahead of time for Jesus to prepare the way for him, and he is now reaping some of that work. Moving ahead to verse 39, again, many of the Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. So they seek out Jesus, they spend time with him on their own, and they make this fascinating uh, proclamation. They say, first, we used to believe because of what this woman said, and now we don't believe just because of that. We've heard for ourselves, and we know that this man really is the savior of the world. This is such a unique story. Again, the people of God ignored Jesus. The Israelites, who up to this point, the entire Old Testament is focused around and proclaiming and talking about the Messiah coming, and they miss it. And this should be very humbling to all of us. Because the people that claim to have the religion down, who claim to be the people of God, Israel at that time, completely missed what God was doing in the midst of them. And dare I say that we Christians, right now I'm speaking specifically to American Christians, are so much like Israel. We might claim that we know and understand our God, but if we are not living lives of love and of kindness and of patience, if we are not living out the fruit of the Spirit, if non-Christians aren't attracted to us because we are little Christs, which is what Christian means, then maybe we too are like those Pharisees. Maybe we too are so focused on all the negative things and we focus on law instead of grace, instead of mercy, instead of goodness, instead of the, the Lord's incredible kindness and pursuit of humanity that he doesn't give up on us. I do not deserve his relentless grace and pursuit of me. This podcast has really convicted me. I used to spend so much more time in God's word, and I am so thankful that I felt like God was nudging me to start a podcast, one, for other people, but also for myself. 
to have some sense of accountability that I need to get in the Word every day and reconnect with my Savior. I am a counselor and I have failed because I have tried to do my very difficult job on my own strength instead of connecting with my God daily. And we all need Him. We all need Him daily. How are we supposed to accomplish the purposes and mission of God and love people who are so difficult to love? And I mean all people, like myself, we're all difficult to love. And yet God is pursuing us. And how are we going to be that agent if we're not connected to the vine of love, if we're not finding ourselves rooted and grounded in his love? So what have we learned about God in this passage? We have learned that God is focused and he is not going to let the marginalized, neglected, the forgotten, the hated. He's not going to let them miss out on who he is. He intentionally goes out of his way to seek the Samaritans, those that Israel hated and they thought that they were superior then. And we should reflect and think about how it's so easy for us all to feel superior about someone, people groups, social classes, whatever identifier, we might think we're better than someone or someone's. God does not see and think like we do. He sees all human beings equally in need of him, not deserving of him, but yet pursuing each and every one of us. We learn that he is patient and kind, that he talks to these people and values them and listens to their stories and interacts with them. He's a God who offers dignity to every human being, even in a culture that did not respect women and did not respect the Samaritans. He showed kindness patience, and even asked for her help, which is very dignifying and honoring to her. What else do we learn about God? He's not a God that leads with fire and brimstone for those who don't know who he is. And that's a huge discussion for another podcast. But time and time again, as you will see, when Jesus is talking to Gentiles, when Jesus is talking to those who have not been brought up in the family of God, who know who God is, He is so gracious and he is not talking about law very much at all. He meets them where they're at. He provides miracles. He shows them mighty acts to show that he is for them. This echoes to the story of Israel being led out of Egypt. They received the law after God delivered them from slavery, after God gave them heavenly manna, miraculous food raining down from heaven, after Water gushed out of rocks in the desert after he led them to cross the Red Sea to escape their enemies and he destroyed the most powerful army in the world before their eyes on their behalf to deliver them from slavery. We see a God who is entering the story, who talks to his creation, who wins them back to his father, who is paving the way for his salvation for those who trust in his name. He is invested, he is caring, he is obedient to the Father, and he finds joy and sustenance in serving him. He is a great and kind Savior. That concludes our episode for today. Remember to look out for new episodes every Wednesday and Friday, and listen to the outro for more information. Thanks. Thank you so much for listening. I'd love to hear something you've learned 
or want to learn more about. You can share comments and continue the conversation on social media. Links are provided in the description. You may be wondering, hey Brian, we're supposedly reading through the New Testament in five months, but you only cover 40 verses every other day. How is that possible? You, my friend, are observant. The short answer is we are building towards more content daily, but I also need your help. Liking, sharing, telling your friends are all very helpful. And the most helpful thing you can do is to become a supporter for as little as $4 a month. Thanks again for listening. I can't wait to dive into more life-giving scriptures with you.